Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. Thanks very much, Asanda. Otherwise, it is with me, Nancy Richards, talking women and the team today, Angel Mikozeni and uh, Skippers. And you, don't forget, you are the most important people there. And if you'd like to let us know what, uh, what news you have in your part of the world, you're most welcome, especially if it relates to women, what you do, what you are, what you think, what you feel, let us know. It's otherwise at safm.co.za. And you can find us on Facebook, otherwise on SAFM. So much for the notices. Let me tell you what we've got coming up today. We're going to be talking creatively, talking a little funny, I would say. First up, we're going to be thinking in terms of visual style. We'll be talking to the founder of Sitabe. It's a craft initiative taking a bit of a cultural approach. And then with Decorex coming up this week in Cape Town, we're going to be talking to a, a Cape Town designer who's talking about transformation and about bliss and how she has interpreted it. So that should be interesting. Nice to be able to interpret bliss. Nice to be able to experience bliss. After the news at 1.30, we'll be talking to a professional nose that's an accredited member of the Natural Perfumers Guild to find out what being a nose entails, particularly a natural nose. And lastly, to close, we'll be talking to a woman who's said to be the funniest in England. So that should be good for a laugh, as they say. But right now, uh, let's have a very quick look at what's news. Well, congratulations firstly to public uh, public. Protector, Julie Madon, Public Prosecutor, sorry, Julie Madoncella, who has been named Newsmaker of the Year by the Press Club. Congratulations, too, to Vanessa Husson, who spent 16 years for drug trafficking in a jail in Thailand. You might remember that. And congratulations to her on the release of her book. It's called Drug Mule, to 16 years in a Thai prison, the Vanessa Husson story. And what a turnaround. I do remember talking to her on the show, actually. Soon after she returned home, and what a very timid, damaged person she was then. Looking at her picture now, she just looks fantastic. I think it's been a long, long journey. And lastly, uh, what's your take on this one? You might have seen it in the paper on the woman who, a 24-year-old woman from the Western Cape Kells River, who put her baby up for, unborn baby, I think, up for adoption on Gumtree. On the, uh, she put in an ad there, but in fact, by yesterday, I think the ad had been removed. She said that she was two months pregnant and she posted on Monday that she wanted to give up her baby due to school and financial difficulties. Well, according to uh, the National Adoption Coalition Chair Sue Krawitz, it's not uncommon for women to resort to the Internet out of desperation, unaware that they are by doing so contravening the Children's Act. In fact, Gumtree itself says that on its sites, any adverts, if they are selling body parts, bodily fluids, adoption or surrogacy anywhere on the site, will simply been removed. So I think that's something to know, but it's just I think the the point of all that really is to to be said that if if a woman is that desperate, what else does she do? And maybe what she does first and foremost is go to her local social worker, but the National Adoption Coalition would certainly be the place to go. But I said to be resorting to that um, when you're just two months pregnant. It's a very, very sad story. Let us know what you think, eh? Otherwise at safm.co.za or pop us a message on our Facebook page. It's otherwise on SAFM. Imagine having the freedom to create, read, watch, organize, and share your life on the go. Being able to read news or maybe check the stock markets anywhere, anytime, and in perfect clarity thanks to reading mode, all while using the S Pen to make notes on an 8-inch screen. Why not write a review and send an email at the same time using multi-window? Or you can stop imagining, because it's here, the new Samsung Galaxy Note 8. It moves you.
Gear yourself for 22 exciting regular Friday evening appointments because Nuit for Nuit is back. We're going to rock you again with brand new music challenges, bubbling contestants, brilliant guest artists and our red hot band. Kick off your shoes, phones off the hook, on with your music hats and come and sing, play and laugh along with us. See you every Friday evening at 7.30 on SABC2 for the usual fun and games associated with Nuit for Nuit. Can't wait. It is otherwise talking women here on SAFM. Well, you might remember a little while ago on the show we were talking about women's input into the handmade economy, as we called it. Revisiting that a little bit today, first up, we're going to be talking in a minute to Tracy Lee Lynch. She's a stylist, she's decor, uh, pre, formerly, formerly a decor editor at Elle Decoration and VC Magazine. But she's taking part at uh, Decorex in Cape Town, where she's designed the entrance feature, which is all on the theme of bliss. So we'll be finding out how blissful it was putting that together and how she's actually interpreted it. But before we do that, we're going to have a chat first to Matakoza Nklapo. She's the founder of something called Sitabe Africa African Craft through Innovation. Got her on the line. Hi, Matakoza. Hi, hi, Nancy. Nice to have you. Well, it's nice for you to be with me and it's nice for me to be with you. Um, Matakoza, sorry, tell us a little bit about Sitabe. You started it when and why? Well, I started Sitabe, uh, you know, on and off um, until I registered it, registered it in 2006. And I started it because um, I felt I needed something mobile uh, that I can take along with me wherever I go in my car, in, you know, the homes that we've been moving in to and moving away from. So it's mobile and um, I can also look after my son because I discovered that I couldn't be in an 8 to 5 job because I had to also look after my son. So that's the reason I started the, the business. And it was not difficult because I went into something that I'm very passionate about, you know, preserving traditional uh, products. And so it became easy even to name it Sitabe because I was saying that uh, we are glad because mm. we do have things that we can actually exploit because they come natural and they are things that are around us. And our traditional products are things that we have access to and uh, we can actually innovate and make them very interesting and accessible to mm. a wider you know, community, a wider and even international community. Well, we should be glad that not only are you doing it yourself, I think you've grown it into a full-on business. When you say that when you started you wanted something mobile, so you were actually physically carrying your little work bag around with you, making what? Uh, I am actually sitting waiting to pick up my son at a school, a special school. And what I make you know, to answer your question, um, is deco products that include, you know, house, office accessories, and I do make jewellery. I have beaded jewellery, and all my products are actually based on beaded uh, articles. Okay, okay, so it's beading is your, is your theme. Yes, yes, and... Um, Corporate products as well as 
test my products. I customize. Just going, starting with the beading, you know, it's yes. one of those things that it's, it's easy when you know how, but you do have to know how. It's sort of special threads, special needles, etc. Special beads, not, not less. Have you, did you study it? Did you do a course? How did you learn? The thing about what I do is that I actually don't beat myself. Okay. I design and I have um, access, you know, accessible to me quite a number of professional beaders. And I said I'm not going to interfere with that part because there are people who do, do that better than I can, even if I tried. I looked at my grandmother and my mother doing traditional work, and uh, I tried to do it myself but decided that I'm actually good in deciding what is to be done than doing it myself. Yeah. Mm. And so I designed. Mm. So you designed based on, on traditional cultural both products and designs? Yes, I based them on especially our you know, ceremonial dress, the things that we use to wear. So if you look at my products, you will see that they are based on um, Nguni. Oh, but sorry, we lost you then. Based on Nguni, what? Nguni traditional okay. dress. Yeah. The beading, the the accessories that we use, the belts, the necklaces, the 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 neck rings. The but I I convert that, innovate them into uh, deco products. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. So they're, so they're not necessarily, I was just thinking about the, the, the necklaces and the neck rings. I'm not sure yes. how many people would want to wear neck rings in the contemporary sense, but maybe they will. So are they... Well, as once I've made it, you know, in the style that I, I design, you'll find that it will be easy for you, isn't, even mm. you, Nancy, to wear one okay. of my okay. work. Well, I'm happy to try anything. <laughs> 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 so do you get commissions from um, maybe fashion designers or, or are you selling the products yourself? How I sell the products myself, yeah. but I do get, you know, people asking for mm. things to be made for them, you know, special items to be made. And then I will put on my thinking cap and do something that will fit that particular person. So I believe quite a lot in sitting with the person that wants me to do something for him or for her. To sort of interpret what they want. Exactly, customize it. Yeah. Mm. How much of your business is international and how much of it is local? You know how sometimes we can be a bit sneery about our own things and it's very often people from overseas who are more interested in that. Actually, um, you know, my passion is also to try and get our people first to use our, you know, our product Mm. before I try to make it accessible to the outside world. But I do have quite, um, you know, a a growing market, you know, outside South Africa because I've tried to go to exhibitions, you know, to sort of make other people aware, international community, you know, to take it to, to take my product to exhibitions so that, you know, more people outside South Africa, international, get to see the product, and I've discovered that the reception has been, you know, reasonably good. Yes, yes, we have much to be proud of, not least yes, our sort of visual a lot. products. Mm. And here in South Africa, how do, you, how do you sell? Do you work through shops or direct order? I, you know, as I say, the portability of my business is the most important thing. 
so that I can do it wherever. Uh, I go to exhibitions. I sell from home. I do from I do my products from home, and 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 from the homes of the people that I work with. Gosh, how many people? How many beaters have you got working with you? <laughs> um, the the core of my you know the, the crafters that I work with uh, that is in Guandebele, mm. though I stay in Cape Town. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, I get my my beaded uh, products, especially still traditional, and then they go through a number of hands. And this is where I feel proud that, you know, in the way I work, I create or help generate income for quite a number of people. Because though the beaded part would be from uh, Guandebele, the mirror or the picture frame will be done and finished in Cape Town. So that's how I work. Well, they are bringing the country's craft and artists together. Exactly, mm. exactly. So you were asking how many... I, the, the, the crafters who do my bidding, yeah. there are six. Okay. And then, you know, I, it's, it's to mention the products and then you will see that who is uh, in Cape Town and who is in Guandelele or in other parts. I imagine you burn up quite a lot of air miles flying up and down to see your craft as you go and motivate well, them. What I do is that at the beginning of the year, I try to spend days with uh, my crafters, mm. uh, the people I work with. I, I go to Wanderbell and spend some days, you know, sitting with the um, with Mama Sang, who is the person that, you know, has been a source, like a mentor mm. and, um, you know... A, a mother to me in terms of helping me and, you know, listening. I use the phone quite a lot. Yeah. But um, when I go to, to, to them to sit down with them and plan for the year, we sit down and I listen to what problems they've had with our products that we've done in the past year and then we plot our way forward to what we will do in the future and how we should improve our products. And then the other times we do a lot of communication by phone. And because my, my, my business is community-based um, as well as family-based, I use the children, you know, to help the older people and use the community that when they have a bigger, when she, when, for instance, Mama, Mama Sang has a bigger contract uh, with the six ladies, they should be able to get more people, you know, to do the work. It depends on the contract work that we get at different times. I love the way you work. It's really working like a woman. I'm sure there are many people who could take a lot of lessons from it. I love the idea that you'll sit down and work through it all together over hopefully a nice cup of tea or whatever it may be. It's been fascinating, Majakosa. Thank you very much. I think if people would like to see more of what you do and sort of get into it, 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 it really is a story. It, I'm going to give out your website, which is www.sitabecrafts.co.za. And, people and can the craft is with an S, though the business is called Sitabe Craft okay. without an S. Mm. But, but the website is Sitabe Craft with an S. .co.za. Lovely. And I'm accessible on 072-947. 7597. 072-947-7597. 072-947-7597. And tomorrow we will be at the Stellenbosch 
as the, it is the World Intellectually Intellectual Property Day. Oh. And we will be exhibiting there. And oh. uh, I'm not exhibiting at Decorex this time, but yeah. I will, I'm trying to exhibit at Decorex in Johannesburg. Okay. Oh, well, that's interesting to know. Stellenbosch Intellectual Property Day. Well, I'm sure they'll miss you at Decorex, but maybe next year and perhaps the one in Johannesburg. But you are accessible to anyone anywhere in the world because you have the website. Yes, exactly. Roger thank you so much. Very best of luck with all your... And my best regards to... Uh, it's Sophie, isn't it? Sophie Masango, Mama Sango. Sophie Mama Sango. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Well, would you like to find out more? Yes, you would, I'm sure. Just check the website. It's www.sitabecrafts.com. That's S-I-T-H-A-B-E-C-R-A-F-T-S dot C-O dot Z-A and we will put that up on our Facebook page. You're listening to Otherwise. Stay with us. In Radio Vuka at a quarter to four this afternoon. Look, you're a lovely actress, Melissa, but there are no stars in this country. Let's not kid ourselves. The ceiling's too low. Yeah, I have to disagree. I just don't think I've ever been given the opportunity to shine in my full capacity. I haven't fulfilled my potential yet. And Denton's Amdram production of True is going to get you... What? Discovered? Don't be patronizing me. Charlize Theron was discovered in a bank. Yes, in Hollywood. A bank in Hollywood. Don't miss Radio Vuka at a quarter to four. Well, right now you're listening to uh, Otherwise here on SAFM. We're talking women and we're talking uh, visual crafts and things that people do with their hands, definitely uh, in a stylish sense, and we're staying with that because we're talking next to Tracy Lee Lynch. She's with me in the studio, and she is a stylist. She is now a contributor to both Busy and uh, House and Leisure magazines, but she is sort of style dripping from her fingertips. And uh, she was, because of that, invited to do the feature at the entrance of Decorex, which is happening here in Cape Town this very weekend. In fact, I think it's probably opening tomorrow. It's open today. It's open today. There you go. So, Tracy Lee, um, what a wonderful bracelet that you've just put on the table. <laughs> giant. It looks, like a, it looks like a great big zebra. It's absolutely it's apparently beautiful. made from recycled slip slops. Oh, I bought it in Nairobi. It's, it's very unusual. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. It looks like a sort of zebra, and it uh, belongs on the Enviro Show if it's made out of recycled flip flops. Wow! <laughs> Let's not get carried away talking of the Enviro Show. Don't forget that's on this evening uh, between nine and ten here on SAFM with me, Nancy Richards. And uh, so, Tracy Lee, you were invited to make the feature to the entrance of Decorex on the theme of bliss, which that's is the theme of the whole thing. Where did you start? Well, um, I had something on my mind because I had um, done a trend talk last year for, for Plascon and um, I spoke of the work of a French artist called Frédérique Morel and she's somebody um, who works from Paris and she makes the most extraordinary sculptures covered in tapestry and the tapestry are all vintage tapestry and why she started making them was um, her mother used to embroider and she felt like nobody was seeing these magnificent pieces. So she wanted to reinterpret um, them and put them 
out there in, in the world in a way that would make people look again. So she covers the most extraordinary pieces in embroidery. And when I saw them for the first time at Maison Objet in Paris, I fell in love with the pieces. It's like needlepoint. Exactly. And, uh, are they featured in the latest Fissy magazine? Exactly. Which I saw just the other day <laughs> and I thought, wow, will you look at these things? Well, I was very mm. privileged to go and meet her in Paris last year and I went to her apartment and I um, photographed her apartment mm. and that story is in the latest Fissy. Anyway, so so when they approached me and said the theme was bliss, I thought, you know, there's so many crafters in South Africa and designers that are reinterpreting stitching, crocheting, knitting, um, and having Frederic's work on my mind, I thought I would start looking to put together a display that spoke to um, the craft um, that we've seen coming through in homewares. And it was an absolutely wonderful exercise, and um, hopefully the result is bliss. I'm sure it will be quite <laughs> blissful, especially if you're interested in, in handwork. So you've invited other designers to, to take part in this? That's correct. What and you've coordinated, choreographed Yes, it, yes. So I've put together what I call a decor story. So it's, it's a 12-meter-long stand. Um, it's two meters deep. And on that stand, I um, created a backdrop with giant. I took a small needlepoint tapestry and I enlarged it to giants. And Art Lab fantastically did that for me, and it looks extraordinary. And I included some of Morel's pieces just as inspiration. I had the privilege to have access to some here in South Africa, so I included them. And then I asked um, a number of South African uh, designers and crafters to contribute pieces, which I then put together on this display. And I think the result is quite amazing. There's one section which is quite light and soft with quite a lot of pink. I do tend to make things feminine. And then the other side is this landscape, which is the small needle points. So I also worked with cross-stitching. Hmm. Um, and I have beautiful pieces uh, by um, Craft House by Stephanie Bentham. She turns merino wool into felt and then she knits giant with giant needles and giant wool. And in that way she makes these contemporary uh, pieces. She does all sorts of things, but uh, I love these pieces. And then, um, interestingly, Haldane Martin, who's a, a local designer and makes extraordinary work, he has a chair called the Zulu Mama, and that is um, the most incredible contemporary piece. And it, it's, it's been um, noted in South Africa, and you've, you've surely seen it in magazines. But it was wonderful to, to include it on the stand because that's also um, woven by crafters, but he's reinterpreted the weaving in a plastic which so the chair can be outdoor. And it is a magnificent thing. And then uh, I have several pieces from him. He's also made a new piece where he uses pink plastic, and that's also... Um, uh, something to see and you know, I'm, yes. I'm just thinking that all the things that you described sound absolutely delicious uh, visually and blissful quite literally but they all take a huge amount of time and isn't it ironic that in these days of instant everything you can do anything you like on uh, on the internet you, you know, it can all be done very very quickly that you're looking at things that are very time consuming and demanding from that point of view do you think there's a sort of uh, are we looking at a throwback here definitely um how I titled the installation was Bliss, a Celebration of Quiet Time Spent. And I think one of the, one of the sort of um, subplots of this installation is exactly that. In our busy world of mass production, 
lots of designers are wanting to make pieces that have integrity and that are sustainable and that look back at these amazing crafts that were done by women and um, they're reworking these crafts and they're, they're representing them in a way that makes us look again and makes us appreciate again and I think people crave sitting and quietly doing things yeah. that make them happy and the results are also so intriguing and so wonderful and they're the things that people pass down and I think we all have something in our home that has some cross-stitching or embroidery or some kind of knitted item that, that really conjures Legacy. up all sorts of nostalgic moments. I think, yes, I definitely think there is that. Yeah, so that, uh, Magicosa just said it there. She, she started this because she wanted to have something that she could move around when she was in a car, sitting waiting for her son, never to waste a, a moment. Exactly right, because we all are so busy. And then when can you do things that make you feel happy and fulfilled and... Yes, Magic. it's good to to take them with you. <laughs> Blessed, really. Really, exactly. <laughs> Tracy Lee, thank you so much. I think that that's uh, how is that for a come on to rush down there to decorate. And if you don't get any further than the entrance feature, well, you won't, <laughs> you won't have done badly. Tracy Lee Lynch is a stylist and designer of note. And she's uh, her entrance feature is called Bliss. So it's, in fact, it's Bliss, a celebration of quiet time spent. Oh, love that. <laughs> and it's at decorate and it's at the CTICC from today through until Sunday, so Correct. get there if you can. Well, do stay with us here on Otherwise, because in a minute we're going to be talking to Unnose. She is uh, part of the International Natural Perfumers Guild. We're also going to be talking to a funny lady, said to be the funniest in England, so stay with us for that. But right now, 1.30, time for the news headlines for the Sunday. How come you're not on Twitter, Nancy? It's a very good question. Because I'm waiting for you to come down and teach me. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I tell you what the real truth of the matter is. I just don't find the time. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's a very lame excuse. And, of course, there's time. But, you know, thank you for the reminder. Do something. (laughs) I wanted to mention you, and I couldn't. Oh, actually, I do have a Twitter handle. I just don't... I'm just not using it. And I think if you're going to do it, you've got to do it. You can't just sort of half do it. I think you either do or you don't. Um, But there will be time. I promised myself time, and it will be this year. So watch that space. I'll keep checking. (laughs) Thanks very much, (laughs) Asanda. You're listening to Otherwise, and coming up just now, we're going to be talking perfume and a little bit of funny, funny things from a lady from the UK. But join Kolani Guala live from uh, 1900 to 2100 on the 30th of April at Glenhove Conference Centre with the Mail and Guardian and Seoul City Institute for Health and Development Communication as we collectively search for solutions to end violence in our society. A panel of influential guests will discuss issues of violence in South Africa and to book your seat to this special broadcast, email mahlodi m at mg.co.za or call 011-250-7398. Mail and Guardian Critical Thinking Forum in partnership with SAFM. Are you up to date with the world of property? For all things property matters, what are your rights as a property owner and or purchaser? Are you a tenant or the landlord and you need advice? What is the value of your investment in commercial property in South Africa? What matters are of importance in discussing land ownership? Trust us to simplify and help you understand the detail in all things property matters. Join me, Dineo Mulomo, every week on Tuesday morning on Morning Talk at 10.30. Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. 
rather wise it is with me and Nancy Richards, a Twitter-free Nancy Richards at this stage, but as I say, watch this space, it certainly is going to happen. Well, in a minute we're going to be talking to a lady who is said to be the funniest in England, so we'll be uh, looking forward to having a chat to her. But before we do that, we're going to talk a little about perfume. We have on the line Emily tolson Pinar, who is a member, I, I think she may be the only member in South Africa, of the International Natural Perfumers Guild, and we got her on the line. Hi, Emily. Hi, Nancy. How are you? Excellent. Nice to have you with us. So, are you the only member of the International Natural Perfumers Guild in South Africa? Um, I'm the only professional perfumer. Um, there are a few other perfumers in South Africa, but none of them are in the guild that I know of. I think there's an associate, um, which means I'm not sure what it means. Yes. Okay. Okay. What do you need to be to be a professional perfumer? Is it something for which you train? Um, I'm mostly self-taught, but I did work at a perfumery overseas for a while, and I've spent about five years um, reading chemistry books and, you know, playing around with ingredients and um, harassing other perfumers that I know. And um, the, re- the, the way I came, became a, a professional perfumer was quite strange, actually. The, uh, the president of the Perfumers Guild actually uh, ordered some of my perfume. I didn't, and I knew who she was, but she was trying to be subtle, I think. And um, then she invited me to be a member, um, and I, I didn't really know about them at the time. And, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. It's uh, uh, an organization to promote natural perfumery um, globally. And, um, you know, you have to have certain standards and packaging, and you have to understand, you know, the safety and all the all the things that go into making a, a mm. decent perfume, which are quite complicated. <laughs> yes, very complicated. I've heard all sorts of things and all sorts of horror stories, I have to say. So yes, the, key, <laughs> the key word here is natural perfumers yes. guild. Well, I suppose a lot of things are natural, but not necessarily tasteful natural. But what does that mean, that word natural? Well, um, there's a lot of debate about what the word natural means, but personally and the Natural Perfumers Guild as well agree that uh, natural means it comes from nature. It comes from a plant or um, something that grew in real life under the sun. It wasn't cooked up in a laboratory. Mm. Um, and the interesting thing is uh, before the 1920s, 1930s, all perfume was made this way. So um, Coco Chanel was the first to popularize, um, you know, synthetic fragrance. And, of course, Chanel Number no. 5 is, is still popular today, which shows how successful she was but before her all perfume was natural um whereas now it's actually unusual <laughs> to have a natural fragrance so it's um yeah the deceptive thing is that sometimes they smell natural because they have been chemically uh, engineered to, to smell it, well, natural well what's interesting is um often people who smell like I, I have a fragrance that has rose in it and people say oh you know that's nice what's that and I go, well, that's rose, and they've never, they think you know what's, what rose smells like, but actually it's a synthetic rose, which is, is quite a pleasant smell, but the real thing actually can smell quite different from what you think. Vanilla is another one that gets uh, synthesized a lot because of the expense. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose one of the reasons why uh, old Mama Chanel there got brought in the synthetics is because inevitably it, it shelf life would be longer, it wouldn't sort of evaporate so quickly. I mean, is, isn't that why... People moved away from naturals. Well, interestingly enough, um, the shelf life is actually longer on natural perfumes. Okay. And uh, there's an interesting case quite recently where they opened up a, a tomb in Egypt and one of the Egyptian kings had his perfume buried with him. And they could still smell it. Um, just, you know, very, very subtly, obviously. But, you know, thousands of years and the perfume was still there. The main reason uh, there's a, a move towards the synthetics is, is cost. 
because they're a lot cheaper. I think gold is uh, more valuable by weight. Um, rose is more valuable by weight than gold, just to give you some idea. And the amount of uh, rose petals that go into making, you know, a drop of rose absolute is, is incredible. Um, but, uh, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with synthetic fragrance. It's like um, being an artist and, you know, you're only allowed to paint with certain colors. There are certain effects in perfume that you can't achieve with natural perfumery. Um, but then there's also, you know, personally, obviously, I feel that there's, there's nothing beats the smell and the complexity of the, the, the raw natural ingredients. So where do you get your raw natural ingredients from? Can you be seen in the middle of the night creeping around people's gardens <laughs> finding rice <laughs> No. Um, I, I try to source as many as I can locally. And, you know, we're very lucky to live in the Western Cape and there's so many um, distillation um, companies around, you know, rose geranium, Cape chamomile, you know, all these things are pr- produced locally. But uh, for things that are a bit more exotic, uh, like vanilla, um, I get my vanilla absolute from Madagascar and my rose comes from Morocco. So you have to go all over to source the things. And uh, some of them are quite expensive as well. Isn't it, what is it, Ylang Ylang, isn't that the one that's that's really difficult? I recently had the opportunity to go to the Seychelles and they've got a whole garden full of these spices with vanilla and all sorts of them just (laughs) smelt like heaven. Yes, I can believe it. No, it's absolutely stunning. One of the things they say about perfume, and I really don't know so much about this, but you'll perhaps know where I'm going to here, is that it varies depending on who it's on. Yes, you know, definitely. It, 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 depends, depends, it, depends your, it will interact with your personal body chemistry and it, even what you're eating will affect the way you smell. And uh, it's actually one of the things that I find really, really beautiful about perfume is it smells different on everyone. Hmm. Yeah, so. and, and I mean it should and that's what makes it personal. So what you're eating affects the way you smell? Definitely. <laughs> You know, the acidity and all the, all the chemical stuff that goes on in your body. I mean, it's a food for thought. <laughs> because in the old days, they used to use perfume to sort of mask all the horrible exactly, smells. Exactly, and they? I think some people still do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does it, does it, you say that a natural perfume can last, you know, possibly longer. Um, is that in the bottle? What in the bottle. Yeah. On your skin, it probably has a shorter shelf life okay. than a synthetic. Um, but um, I try to I try to um, compose mine to last you know several hours. So do you make to order? Um, yes. So if somebody contacts you, they, they say, "Can you make me my very own personal fragrance?" Yes, we could talk. Mm. <laughs> it's actually um, I mean I love well obviously I love perfume, but um, yeah I know it's 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 definitely something interesting and. Um, it's something that I can do because I'm a small business. You know, the, obviously the ginormous firms, you know, they, they don't have those sort of budgets and they don't have yeah. that sort of time on their hands. But, yes, it's definitely and something. And do you make in any sort of quantity? I, I mean, I know that one of the reasons for chatting to you is that I know that you're going to be uh, on show at the Vintage Ideas Market at Simonian's Country Lodge. Yes, that's right. That's, that's Friday, that's Saturday Friday. and Sunday. Okay. Um, I make mine in uh, about uh, five-litre batches, which is very small, but quite enough to keep me going for a while. <laughs> and how long does it last? Is it not? I mean, I'm thinking about you standing out in the, the sort of boiling hot sun with all your perfumes disappearing as you watch them. Do they, <laughs> um, do they evaporate? If you, if you keep them away from the sunlight and you keep them away from oxygen, and this actually applies if you have perfume at home, if you keep it away from the light and away from oxygen, it's, it's absolutely fine. Um, and I keep, it, I keep them in the dark. I don't know if you know those big amber bottles that mm. you see. Those, that's why chemists, brew perfumes in those big amber bottles because it keeps the light away from it. If you put it in the light, it will definitely shorten the shelf life. 
I think, Emily, am I right in thinking that you worked with your mother? Yes, my mother is in, she's listening right now, <laughs> upstairs. Um, she she uh, helps me with everything and she, she does all my packaging for me, which is wonderful. Your packaging, which is in a very traditional style, I think. Um, yes, it's quite traditional. All boxes and uh, bottles and, um, uh, yeah, lots of box making goes on. We do everything. We do, we do everything, you know, everything that happens, we do. We don't outsource anything. We go from A to Z completely, just the two of us. So it's quite a lot to do. And it, it definitely helps to have someone to, to do it with. <laughs> is, it, is it going to stay in your kitchen? I mean, you're, you're called Rose and Boss, is yes, that right? Yes, that's right. Is it, is it still very small? Do you plan to grow bigger? Can you supply countrywide? Um, to be honest, um, we, we, are, we are bulging out of the kitchen at this moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm currently using my kitchen, my mother's kitchen, and occasionally my mother-in-law's kitchen as well. Um, so we, we definitely have plans to expand. I, I would love to have a place where people can actually come and visit and I can show them how perfume is made and so on, but I would like to keep it in the kitchen as long as possible because, you know, just because it's nice to be able to get yeah. up in the morning and be there, be at work. <laughs> Do you have a favourite? Do you have one that's designed specially for you? Oh, I love all of my perfumes, but my, my personal favourite of, of my own is, is Dark Heart, which is chocolate and jasmine and sandalwood. And I think that smells the nicest on me. (laughs) Chocolate, jasmine and sandalwood. Wow, what an exotic little collection. (laughs) Lovely. Emily, thank you very much. So let me give out the the details. Vintage Ideas Market at Simondium's Country Lodge from tomorrow through the weekend. But if anybody wants to get hold of you directly, you're on? Um, uh, You can see my website at uh, www.roseandboss.com. Roseandboss.com. Yes. Rose, like a rose. E-N-B-O-S. Okay, lovely. <laughs> Let me give out all that information. Lovely. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much. Emily Tolson, Pinar and Hi Mum. And if you'd like to find out more, www.roseandboss.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the Vintage Ideas Market, www.festiveideas.co.za. And we will put all that up on our Facebook page. Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6. Dave, I've never been through a car wash before. Quite exciting. Yeah, it is. And no one can see us yet. What the... Your car will find a way to punish you if you don't use Caltex Diesel 50 with the cleaning power of Tecron D. Because advanced engines need advanced Caltex Diesel 50. Available at selected Caltex service stations. You're listening to Otherwise here on SAFM. And next up, or finally on the show today, we're talking to Eva Vidal. She's uh, billed as UK's funniest woman on stage in South Africa, and you can see her as part of the Kings and Queens of Comedy Spectacle. That's happening on April the 28th at Emperor's Palace. But we've got her on the line right now. No, we haven't got her on the line. I think we're still battling to get her on the line. Well, let me just, whilst we're waiting to see if we can get Ava on the line, let me give you the details once again of uh, Emily's Rosenboss. Doesn't that sound absolutely fascinating? Incidentally, if you'd like to know a little bit more about natural perfumers, you can check their, uh, it's an international organization, you can check their, um, they're a guild, check their website, which is naturalperfumers.com, naturalperfumers.com. 
and their purpose is to gather and strengthen the existing community and so on and so forth. But it just sounds like such a lovely idea. What I didn't really get to ask Emily was how um, how she was um, managing to to actually physically create it. I mean, she's saying she does it in her kitchen, but I wonder if if she bubbles up pots or if it's all done cold or what exactly. But uh, you can find out a little bit more and have a look at her have a look at her website, which is www.roseenboss.com. Roseenboss.com. Um, I'm not sure if we've got uh, Ava Vidal on the line. Ava. Hi. How are you? You've kept us fashionably waiting. <laughs> but we're going to forgive you. That's okay. Ava, you've been you've been called UK's funniest woman, which is quite a title to have to live up to. Why are you so funny? When did when did you start to get to be funny? Um, oh gosh, I don't know. I used to mess about quite a lot at school and make everybody laugh and stuff like that. I went to um, I was like the only black child at school, so I had to do something to keep them off my back. Yeah, yeah it doesn't sound very funny. <laughs> it must have been quite hard work. Was it? So, did you actively work at it? Um, no, not really. Hmm. It just sort of came naturally, and then I didn't really do anything about it. I had a completely different career when I got older, and then I just decided to go for it. What was your other career? I worked in a male prison, which is quite strange. <laughs> Sorry, forgive me. I suppose that that's not funny at all either, is it? What were you doing in a male prison? I was a prison officer. Oh. I think you call them wardens or what I think here, yeah, maybe correction officers. What an unusual career path you've had. Yeah, <laughs> not the traditional one. <laughs> Certainly not the traditional one. Did you manage to make the prisoners laugh? Yeah, actually. It was a lot of banter inside prison. It's more, it's more light-hearted than people think. There's a lot of joking around that goes on in there. It's the only way to really get through it. Yeah, I imagine that there are perhaps not too many very funny prison officers like you but at some point you must have had to put it to the test and it's all very well to be able to make your colleagues or your inmates or whoever make them laugh but getting up on stage is something different how did you how did you break through into that um i auditioned for a bbc show um they wanted comedians to come and do the show and uh, i just pretended to be one uh, for as long as i could until i couldn't get away with it anymore and they started to ask where all my shows were so i had to start booking shows and that's how i really got going <laughs> <laughs> so you came in the back door. What's your material? Uh, my material's just stuff everyone can relate to, just social commentary, stuff about parenting, families, uh, that kind of thing, really. That's a good idea because sometimes that, I mean, social commentary can be quite depressing and it can be quite hard work and parenting can be very unfunny. Are you a parent yourself? Yes, yes. So um, do you use your own experiences? Yes, I do. I talk about them uh, quite a lot. They just give you the best material. Do they? How? Yeah. <laughs> just by misbehaving. <laughs> Doing all kinds of stuff. They're both teenagers now. Yeah. Like some comedians have the same jokes about their kids. So they'll, you know, have a five-year-old for ten years because the joke works. But my comedy has just been quite realistic. It's been, as they've been growing, their ages and everything and what they get up to changes. So. Yeah. Yeah, so you're sort of working along with them. But there, it must be very... I'm thinking about having now having teenagers. There are times when you need your teenagers to take you seriously. Is it quite difficult to uh, draw a line between being UK's funniest woman and being a serious mother? Oh, no, not at all, because they don't find me funny. <laughs> they never have. Do they mind being part of your material? Um, yes, they do. So I talk about that, too. <laughs> But it hasn't stopped you? No, no. I mean, you know, 
They have to eat and stuff, so they have to put up with it, really. One of the things I always think it's interesting about comedians is that, you know, you've got to have all the material ready, ready to roll. I imagine you, I don't know, sort of perhaps rehearse in front of a mirror or in front of your best friend or whatever. Um, do, you, do you sort of ad lib at all or are you completely scripted? Oh, no, I ad lib quite a lot. Um, if people are, you know, you never know what's going to happen in a certain room. I have ideas of what I want to talk about, but I don't do, you know, there's some people do stuff word for word, but I can't do that. I think I'd sound like a robot. Yeah, yeah. Are you quite clean as a comedian? Clean, sorry. Clean, clean. Um, I swear a bit, but every now and again I check on that. I think sometimes it depends. Sometimes we do a lot of shows for uh, people getting married, like stags and hens. Yeah. So there's a lot of drunk guys in there, so after a while you're like, actually, I'm swearing as much as they are, so you kind of stop it. <laughs> but I don't have to swear too much, no. Well, people can come along and see your show at their caution, at their own risk. Okay. Ava, thank you so much. Very best of luck with thank the show. You. Enjoy can being I here. Can I just say that we're on at 5 p.m. at Emperor's Palace on Sunday? Absolutely. So that's 5 p.m., Emperor's Palace, yeah. April the 28th, Kings and Queens Comedy, and there you'll be, Ava Vidal. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Good luck. Take care. Okay, Cheers. Well, there you go, Ava Vidal. So if you find yourself near Emperor's Palace, get there 5 o'clock, and uh, it certainly sounds like there'll be lots of laughs. You were listening to Otherwise and coming up next here on SAFM, Shop Shop, the children's programme.